so there's a statement that's been circling around the news a lot lately in regards to floating that I think can do a lot of harm to the float industry and just the perception of what floating is as a therapy if it's not really addressed properly and if it's not clarified a little bit more. So the idea that depending on which news station you are looking at or which article you're reading is the statement that an hour in the float tank is equivalent to anywhere from four to six hours of sleep. And it's obviously a very sensationalized statement and which makes it attractive to anybody that's wanting to click on a news article, obviously. So that's why we're seeing it being thrown around a lot. But the problem is that it doesn't really paint a clear picture of what that means. And I think it can do a lot more harm than good. And this question actually came up recently in a discussion about floating with a friend of mine because they had heard that statement on some news source or another. And I think one of the ones that most recently has spread that message was the New England Patriots um, offensive coach Josh McDaniels is has been promoting floating because their team uses a lot of float therapy for recovery purposes. And McDaniels made the statement that the 45 minutes that most of the athletes spend in a float tank is equivalent to four hours. So if you extrapolate that, you can see that roughly the idea that now, instead of what was previously said to be uh, an hour in the float tank is equivalent to four hours. Now people are saying that it's equivalent to six hours of sleep. And there's there's a little bit of a comparison there, which is how we got to this point in the first place, in that float therapy is extremely relaxing and restorative. And we know from scientific evidence that it actually promotes a theta brainwave state and the theta brainwave state is a very slow um, brainwave state where not a lot of activity from external stimuli in the float tank it really helps to produce this and we see this theta brainwave state also in very experienced meditators they can reach a theta state through meditation and we also see it during REM sleep. So that's the later part of our sleep cycle where we have dreams, it helps with memory consolidation, it helps with producing creativity, and it does play an important role in, in energy and brain and body res restoration. So I think that sort of is where people got the idea that you can equate floating with sleep. But it really does miss a big picture of the sleep equation. And I think the most damage that can be done here, for one, 
is that if you're saying six hours of sleep is the same as one hour of floating, there are a lot of people out there that are not getting adequate sleep. They're only getting around six hours of sleep a night, which we know from research that it's just not enough. And a great book that really dives more into this is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. If you're interested in checking out more about sleep science and just how fascinating sleep is, you should really check out that book, Why We Sleep. So that's, um, that's the first part of the danger in saying that floating is the same as sleep. It's only a partial component of sleep where we're missing out on that somewhat, in, in many ways, the deep sleep, which is the first part, usually happens in the earlier parts of the night between um, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is the optimal time to be getting deep sleep. And this is where a lot of hormones are released that helps with muscle growth and repair. It helps with just boosting immunity and all of the all of the hormones that are released in order to help us just stay healthy come in that first part of sleep and if we aren't prioritizing our sleep schedules based on our body's needs as well as based on the overall human circadian rhythm we're missing out a lot primarily on the deep sleep which you, as far as we know right now, you can't get in a float tank unless you're actually sleeping in a float tank. So that's the first reason why you can't equate sleep and floating directly. It might, they might both be re recovery practices and, and restoration practices, but there are significant differences to the two. And then the other component of why I think this is such a harmful statement to the float industry and not necessarily to anybody um, individually is that by making these, these statements that are exaggerated and thrown out of proportion to what sleep, uh, what floating can't do or can do, we're going to face the issue of becoming more like a fad than the positive trend that floating has seen in the last 10 years. And the difference between a fad and a trend is that a trend usually continues to gain popularity and grow in a positive direction, whereas a fad is very short-lived. And that's partly because of just the, the virality of things that become fads and the practicality or also misstatements which cause people to stop taking it as seriously over time and so I find there to be a concern with if we are going to keep talking about these extreme statements that aren't validated as far as floating goes it's going to be a lot more difficult to keep it in the scientific um, realm and keep interest and people engaged and actually wanting to look more into what benefits floating can provide uh, with doing research on it and just getting more people 
from the general population and not just the extremes who are interested in sensory deprivation or interested in mindfulness and meditation, because that's still a small subset of the population. We need to get the general population more involved in floating and seeing what benefits it can bring to them. But if we're making crazy claims that they can get six hours of sleep just by going for one hour of floating, when people start to realize that it's not exactly the same and they still have to sleep, it's probably going to be more of a detriment than, than a positive in, in the float industry. So does sleep, does, does floating really equal six hours of sleep? In my opinion, no. There, there's similarities with the way it can help restore energy and get you into the, a similar relaxed state. But there's much more involved in sleeping than just uh, the relaxing and that one component of theta brainwaves and letting your body relax for a bit. There's a lot more of a hormonal cascade that has to be involved with the full sleep cycle as well.